0: If twenty eighteen is going to be any different than twenty seventeen was, don't be lazy. Man, I just felt all the oxygen. Don't be lazy. So let's unpack (laughs) what the wisest man who ever lived had to say. Our anchor text, (laughs) just in case you thought this was an emotional response to something, it is not. It is very biblical, and this is why. Notice what the, the writer of Proverbs says, beginning in verse 13. Of Proverbs 26. (laughs) A lazy person says, there's a lion in the road. A lion in the streets. (laughs) Another good reason to stay in today. Number one. Number two, notice the thought process, the paradigm of the lazy man. As a door swings on its hinges and goes nowhere. So a slacker turns over in his bed. Number three, talking about the lazy man. Some people are so lazy that they reach for food on the plate, but lack the will to bring it up to their mouths. Number four, the slacker sees himself as wiser by far than seven men who can converse intelligently. Hmm, all right. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Let me tell you the beauty of this text. The beauty of this text is that Solomon is moving us away from our fixation on the lazy man's habits and his routines. What he's helping us see are the mindsets and attitudes that make him lazy. Y'all see that? Mm-hmm. Because my perception, my perception impacts my performance. I want you to hear this. How I see something will affect, it will impact how I perform. My beliefs inform my behavior. My attitudes influence my actions. My outlook always determines my output and my output determines my outcomes in life, good or bad. So what he's talking about here focuses less on his behavior and more on the attitudes that make him want to do nothing. Did y'all catch that? When we talk about don't be lazy, it is less about the behavior and it's more about dealing with the beliefs, the attitudes, the perceptions, and the perspectives that make me think I ain't got to do nothing. It's good? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me tell you something about 2017 to 2018. It's just another day until you see it differently. And this is what God's saying. There are four attitudes of the lazy that you have to resist and reject if 2018 is going to be better than 2017. Four attitudes that keeps this guy stuck right where he is year in and year out. And so the Lord's going to give us these four winning attitudes for 2018. Y'all ready? Amen. <clears throat> Number one. <laughs> this is so good. <sighs> uh, check, 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 out, check out what uh, Tony Robbins said. He says, people aren't lazy. They simply have impotent goals. That is goals that do not inspire them. You know why this Proverbs 26 guy is lazy? He ain't got nothing to make him get out of bed. It's an attitude. It is a mindset. It is a belief system. And that's what Solomon is dealing with. Most of us focus only on behavior, but behavior is the fruit. And we miss the root of what's causing the behavior we dislike. Mm -hmm. So what's at the root of this guy's laziness? We we, we about to to tap into it. Y'all, you ready? Oh, oh, check this other one. Check this out. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? This is so good. (laughs) Dr. T.P. Chia. He says, if you are enslaved by laziness, irresolution, you can't make up your mind, wavering, negative behaviors and timidity, luck will soon abandon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not lucky. I'm loved. Jesus loves you. But at some point, if we're irresolute, and continue to waver and are indecisive and don't take action. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the text. Uh here, here. Oh, oh, no, one more, one more. Thomas Edison. Anybody know Thomas Edison? Thomas Edison was a hustler, man. Check this out. This is what Thomas Edison said when he was asked about his tenacity and his persistence. Because he tried 2,000, 2,000 different experiments to get the light bulb. He said, why did you keep on going? He said, I didn't fail 2,000 times. I just discovered 2,000 ways that didn't work. And notice what Thomas Edison said, because I, Thomas Edison was about the grind. Notice what he said. He says, we often miss opportunity becomes it, because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. Ooh, that is good. Somebody said, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be yeah, because the opportunity sh- comes in, it shows up. We ask God for a miracle. God gives us a miracle and it looks like work. And we keep on praying. We say, get thee behind me, Satan. God sends us the promise, but we got to develop it and cultivate it and we miss it and we keep on praying because we want God to do it all for us. Four winning attitudes for 2018. Y'all ready? (laughs) Ah, Here we go. Number one, face your fears courageously without exaggeration. Notice what the lazy man does. The scripture says a lazy person says there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. It's another good reason for me to just sit here and do nothing for another year. Now notice his response to life. His response to life is exaggerated. Because there might be a hindrance, but it ain't a lion that's after you. What's making you stop every single morning when you wake up? What do you see in the streets of your life? What is the lion that's making you stop? Who's the Goliath that you should be confronting? Uh, can Can I say this? If we're honest with ourselves and we take a second look at the things that are making us stop, It's possible there ain't even a lion out there. The lazy man does nothing because he exaggerates his circumstances. He makes his problem bigger than his God. And whatever you keep your mind on, you stay in contact with. And whatever you keep your mind on, you magnify. In 2018... One of the things that's going to move you from inaction into a life of victory and winning is to face whatever's got you afraid, whatever's got you stuck courageously, and do it without exaggeration. Every morning you and I wake up, we all have to face something. But is that my perspective of what I'm looking at, healthy or toxic? because that will determine my response. If I think the situation is bigger than I can handle, I will do absolutely nothing, and I will resign myself to it. I'm talking to you now. Resist the urge to exaggerate your circumstances, because when you exaggerate your circumstances, you will end up making long-term decisions based on short-term inconveniences. Let me get you scripture and verse. Anybody remember a guy named Esau? Yes. Esau is the favored son because he is the firstborn of Isaac. He's got everything going for him. He is voted most likely to succeed. Not only does he get the, the blessing of the birthright, he also gets a greater inheritance than his brother Jacob. Esau has every advantage in life, contrary to how most of us read that story. Man, I got I to gotta read the scripture. I got to, Genesis 25. Most of us, when we read about Jacob and Esau, we feel sorry for Esau. And, and this, is, this is how we've been taught that story. We've been taught the story that Jacob was a trickster. He was a deceiver. In fact, his very name at birth, deceiver. I can't believe he did that to his brother. Is that Genesis 25? Is that the right first uh, chapter? What's, what's the first verse in one? F- find the story about Jacob and Esau. Is it 27? Help me. Huh? No? Thank you. Let me borrow somebody's Bible. Pastor didn't bring his Bible today. Sorry. 25. Did we say twenty-five, twenty-nine? 29? <laughs> Are y'all? 25, 29, yes. Are y'all with me? Yes. If 2018 is going to be better than 2017, face your fears courageously without exaggeration. Y'all with me? Uh, 26, 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. Was Esau tired? He was tired. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. Pump the brakes. Is there anything deceptive? In what Jacob is asking his brother. He said, you want this bowl of stew, it is going to cost you your birthright. Mm -hmm. If Jacob is guilty of anything, he's guilty of knowing how good his stew is. (laughs) In 2018, don't undersell. You determine the value of what you got. There is nothing deceptive about the price that Jacob set for his bowl of stew. Esau says, I want your stew. He says, it's going to cost you your birthright. Let me tell you something else. In 2018, in life, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you decide. You don't get what you need, you get what you negotiate. So if I'm, if I'm Esau, and my brother's got this great stew that I love, and he says it's going to cost you your birthright, now I'm going to make my counteroffer. Jacob, I can't live without your stew. If you want my birthright, you're going to feed me for the rest of my life and my children if your stew is that important to you. But notice, notice Esau's response. Notice Esau's response. And Esau said, look. I'm about to die. Now, didn't the scripture say he was tired? Where is this about to die coming from? Because when you exaggerate your circumstances, you will make long-term decisions based on a short-term need. All he needed was one meal. And he's about to mortgage his future. Based on one meal, because there's a lion in the streets. Jacob did nothing deceptive. Oh, in fact, let me say this. If Jacob's guilty of anything, maybe he's a little guilty of some predatory lending. <laughs> His interest rates, man, he like, <laughs> cash now. What's the other one down the street? What's the, what's the? Ace Cash Express. Right here. But notice what, y'all see that. Esau said, I'm about to die. Notice, so what is this birthright to me? This is his future. And in one moment, he says, I'm hungry. This thing ain't worth nothing. If we go back a few verses... Let me tell you some misconceptions about Jacob. The scripture says about Esau that he was a hunter and that Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. The Hebrew word for mild was he was a man of principle and character. That's what the word in Hebrew, mild man dwelling in tents. People give Jacob a bad. He said, well, Pastor Ray, what about when he put the clothes on and, and tried to be Esau because Esau was hairy? Go back and read the story. That wasn't even Jacob's idea. That's right. That was his mama's idea. That's right. And when his mama came to him with this idea, this is what he said. I can't do this to daddy. And his mom insisted. Mm. It wasn't Jacob? Right. Let me tell you where the whole name Jacob even comes from. It's a name that he got at birth, because he reached out and grabbed his brother's heel. How somebody gonna stick a name on you long before you even live out your life? Hey, hey. No, the pro- listen. There's a reason the Bible says, "Jacob, have I loved? Esau, I have despised." These are. This is God's word. There is something about Jacob that is inherently godlike. Let me tell you what it is. Where Esau didn't see the value of his birthright, his brother Jacob did. Esau says, "What's this birthright to me? All I need is a meal. I need to eat right now." And for those of us who are who are driven by instant gratification. In 2018, You may find yourself selling your birthright for one bowl of stew. He did it because he exaggerated his circumstances. He was tired. He wasn't about to die. I wish I had time to talk about Jacob and Esau. For those of us who make one problem seem like the end of the world. Face your fears courageously and do it without exaggeration. I wish I had time to really, Lord Jesus. Okay, number two. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. This is not only unique to Jacob and Esau. What about the three servants of Matthew 25? Jesus gives one five talents, he gives one two, he gives one one. The one who got five, said, Lord, you gave me five, I invested it, multiplied it, I got ten. The one who he gave two, invested it, multiplied it, said it got four. When it came to the lazy servant. When you read the scripture, the guy who did nothing had the most to say. Those people are all around you. <laughs> the ones who get the job done say very little. Because you can't argue with results. Right. Right. Just look at my work. Right. I ain't got to pat myself on the shoulder. But the people who do the least have an entire essay about why it didn't get done. No, no, no Notice what the scripture said. It says, then who, he who received the one talent came and said... Remember, he's exaggerating his circumstances, and it's paralyzing him because my perception impacts my performance. How I see something determines what I do. He says, then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Pump the brakes now, so it's everybody else's fault. The reason you did nothing is because somebody was too hard. Okay. Okay. Let's continue reading the scripture. You reap where you haven't sown. You gather where you have not scattered. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Did he exaggerate his circumstances? And because he exaggerated his circumstances, he did nothing. He gave back to God what God gave to him. And that's where most people live. They do nothing with the time, talent, treasure, and opportunities they've been given because in their minds, they believe that there's a lion somewhere out there that's trying to get me. Number two, y'all ready? Number two, I'm going to go fast. Embrace change if 2018 is going to be different and you're going to begin to build a legacy and live beyond today. If you're going to make a choice not to be lazy in 2018, number two is you have to embrace change over comfort and convenience. Notice what the verse says in verse 14. It says, as a door swings on its hinges and goes nowhere, so a slacker turns over in his bed. The slacker's bed Is a sweet place of rest. And when the slacker begins to think like, man, I got to get off of this sleep number bed (laughs) and go to work. I've got it just hard enough or soft enough. I got my pillows propped just perfectly. It's icy outside. It's below freezing. I ain't getting out of bed to go to no church. And that's what we do in life. We find our place of comfort. And when opportunities come, rather than facing change, we roll over in our bed because it's real comfortable. And can I tell you, nothing profound ever happened in your comfort zone. Oh, come on, Pastor. Good word. Embrace change over comfort. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. And there are going to be some things that will disrupt your routine, that will disrupt the things that you have controlled. There are going to be some things that will disrupt your perfect little life in 2018. But embrace change. Now, let me tell you something about change. We all want change until the change directly affects us. You mean to tell me, I've got to change my way of doing things? Absolutely. And most of us settle for one more turn in the bed. Because change is too uncomfortable and too unpredictable. Can I even say this? Let me tell you one of the the, the problems with the Israelites. (laughs) For 420 years, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. They cry out to God. God raises up a deliverer named Moses. He brings them out of bondage, into a place of freedom. But when he brings them into a place of freedom, their feet are taking them to the promised land, but their heart is longing for Egypt. Let me tell you why their hearts were longing for Egypt. Because in the wilderness, they had to learn to live by faith. In Egypt, even though they were enslaved, they had their every need met. Most people miss this. When you read the book of Exodus, what's the scripture say? Let 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 me just read it to you. Let me just read it to you. For those of us who think that the Israelites were struggling. Yeah, they were. I don't want to minimize what they were going through. But check this out. These are the Israelites themselves in Numbers 11.5. It says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. They wanted stuff, immediate gratification. While God was teaching them to live by faith, they wanted to default to what they had known for 420 years. Somebody say the marinade. They were very uncomfortable with living by faith because for 420 years, they were used to living in Egypt. Now, let me tell you what happened in Egypt. It says, who will give us meat to eat? These are are Egyptians who were slaves. Listen to what they said. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. Most of us don't even think about that. If you have a nation of people who are enslaved and you want them to build pyramids, how many of you realize you're going to take real good care of them? Most of us don't see that in the text. Read Genesis. You will see over and over, even in the comments that came out of their mouths, they were longing for the leeks and the onions and the fish that they had in Egypt. And God was teaching them how to live by faith. And God said, every day I'm going to provide manna. But they were so uncomfortable with change that they wanted to go back to their comfortable little bed, even though they had been in bondage 420 years. (laughs) Uh, sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks and God is teaching them how to walk by faith and they say take us back to Egypt where you brought us out of we wanted to get out of here but I don't like learning new things I don't want to learn how to eat manna I want to go back to eating fish take me back to bondage rather than teaching me how to live free and living by faith Let me just take one more turn in this bed. Let me give you one more for those of us who want miracles. I'm going to let y'all go. I promise I'm going to let y'all go soon. But I got to get this out for those of us who want miracles. Can you imagine being blind Bartimaeus and you spend your whole life begging for change in a cup and Jesus shows up and he doesn't give you change in a cup. He gives you radical change that changes your life forever. How many of you realize that Bartimaeus, as a grown man who's been begging his whole life, he got to learn some new tricks? Do you realize now that Bartimaeus has to take personal responsibility for his life? He can't sit at Jericho no more with a cup because now he can see. And if he can see, you better get up and take personal responsibility for your life. Hey, I'm talking to people who need to get out their bed. Because 2018 will be exactly like it's always been if you take one more turn in your bed and resist change and exchange it for what you know and is comfortable. The Israelites, we used to eat. Listen to what it say. We ate fish. We ate cucumbers. We ate melons. We ate leeks. We ate onions. We ate garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna. I'm serving you, God. And in exchange for serving you, I'm eating this dry, flaky stuff. When I was living for the devil, I had all the meat I wanted. Why serve God? Let me go right back to my bed and turn over one more time. Resist the urge to be lazy because change requires effort. Change requires effort to begin to do things differently than you've ever done them. That's right. Number three, I'm about to go. It ties in, number three, with the lazy man of Proverbs 26. Accept personal responsibility over entitlement. It says some people are so lazy that they reach for food on the plate, but they lack the will to bring it up to their mouth. Most of us sitting here saying, Come on, man. Have you ever heard the old adage? You can bring a horse to the water. And how many times in our lives has God brought us to the water? Can't make you drink. Personal responsibility. If it's to be, it's up to me. Personal responsibility over entitlement. And that's where most of us live. Well, do it for me. No, pray for yourself. Oh, well, Pastor Ray didn't pray for me. No, pray for yourself. Well, I I don't want to go to that church no more because I don't have a word from the Lord. Open the Bible for yourself. You can come to the water, but you got to get down and drink it for yourself. The lazy man is so ungrateful that you can put a meal in front of him and he'll still say, you feed me. Don't be that kind of person in 2018. Accept personal responsibility. Be a self-feeder. Proverbs chapter 6. I promise you, I'm going to say two things and I'm out of your way. Proverbs chapter 6. <laughs> uh, Proverbs chapter 6. And I'm out of your way. I promise you. Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to say one more thing and I'm, I'm deuces. And Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Yo, yo, is this helping anybody this morning? Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Listen, he's saying go to nature and nature will teach you some lessons about personal responsibility. Listen to, what, listen to the ant. It says, uh, which having no captain, no overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Ain't got nobody looking over his shoulder telling him what to do. When the time comes, the ant knows exactly what it's supposed to do. Well, Pastor Ray, didn't tell me to do that. Well, my boss didn't tell me to do that. I guarantee you, if you only do what you get paid for, you will only be paid for what you do. That's right. That's right. That's so good. For those of you who are wondering why... You may not be moving up. If your mindset is that ain't in my job description. if you only do what you get paid for, for the rest of your life, you will only be paid for what you do, and you have put a cap on your life. Okay? Uh, number four, we're not close. This is where I'm going to close. Number four, don't be lazy. Remember, it's the attitude that precedes the action. The person's unwillingness to do something is a result of how they are thinking, how they see the circumstance. They're either exaggerating it, it's too uncomfortable, they're too entitled, or number four, they're just too proud. So if 2018 is going to be different than 2017 for us, we have to embrace humility over pride. Be teachable. Be teachable. Notice verse 16. The slacker sees himself as wiser by far than seven men who can converse intelligently. Y'all see that? I'm smarter than you. You can't tell me nothing. And how many of you realize when you think you're the smartest man in the room, you don't feel any need to learn nothing. Mm -hmm. Yet we all have blind spots. And the lazy man makes no effort at self-improvement because he thinks he knows it all. I have mentors I meet with regularly, pastors that I learn from because I want to be better. They say, Ray, no, no, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. And we live in a world today where you can't tell nobody nothing. And all you're trying to do is help them and push back. Oh, I know that already. Oh, you can't tell me nothing. And that's how's that working for you, though? You know everything, but how's that playing out in your life? Your life is upside down. It is a wreck. But you know everything, though. Can't nobody tell you nothing. But your life is a mess. Uh, let, me, let me help you. Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> There's four kind of people in the world. Y'all, ready for this? Y'all know this, right? There's the, the consciously competent. Those are people who know that they know. Have you ever met somebody who just knew that they knew what they were doing? You work with somebody, of them, right? They, they know that they know. There are certain people who are consciously competent. Uh, then there are people who are unconsciously competent. That means they don't know they know. Have you ever met somebody who was just really good at what they did, and it didn't even occur to them how good they were? Those people are tremendously humble. They're just exceptional at everything they set their hands to, but they don't let it go to their heads. A third, 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 third group are people who are consciously incompetent, meaning they know they don't know. (laughs) Those are the people who are the most teachable because they'll come to you and say, man, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? That's where God wants us to live. That if we know we don't know, ask somebody. Husbands, if you lost... Stop and ask somebody. Instead of figuring it out two hours later, you're on the wrong street or on the wrong interstate. Ask somebody. Oh, there's the fourth Fourth one. The unconsciously incompetent. These are the people who don't know, they don't know. Think they know everything. When the truth is, we all have blind spots. And if I don't know, I don't know. I will reject and resist the people who love me and are simply trying to help me. Hey, girl, you got some lipstick on your teeth. We don't even want to hear that. What do you mean I got lipstick on my teeth? No, no. You have. No, don't tell me I got lipstick. You got lipstick on your teeth, though. Don't tell me that. And we do that with life. The people who try to help us with the things we can't see or don't know because of our pride, because humility takes work. And if you are lazy, you'll never get to a place of humility where you become teachable because being teachable takes work. And promise you, this is where I close. Let me tell you why. As we cross into 2018, Wendy and I want to do our best to help in any way we can. But even how you see Wendy and me, is gonna impact what you can receive from us. Over the last three or four months or so, man, just had some weird interactions where as much as we wanna be helpful, we know that we can't. And it's not because of something we're doing It's because of how those individuals see us. Let me read this to you and I close. Mark chapter six, verses two and three. It says, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? At one, in one breath, they're amazed by the miracles he's performing and the wisdom that he's communicating. And in the very next breath, like, hold up. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary, baby? Man, we know his brothers, man. James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. Man, his sisters, man, we play hopscotch together. And notice what the scripture says, and they were offended at him. And the scripture says, and Jesus could there do no mighty work, except he laid his hands on a few sick folk, and that was it. He goes to the next village, and notable miracles are happening in that village. Jesus didn't change how the people saw Jesus, Determined what they got from Jesus. Can I make it very plain for some of you? This is probably a very good time for your benefit. If you can't receive from me and my wife. To find somewhere else to go. Because it is impossible for you to receive what God has given us for you. If all you see. Wendy. Ray. Whatever, man. Who they think they are. It is impossible. Let me say it again. It was impossible for Jesus to help people in his hometown who were hurting because they were offended at him. Why were they offended at him? Jesus didn't do nothing. He showed up and he was teaching in the synagogue. And they said, who's he to tell me what to do? Who's he to tell me how to live my life? that, that dude's just a carpenter's son. I know what I'm doing. And I guarantee you, your time here at City Church will be a waste of time to you. I can't help you. My wife can't help you. If you are offended at us because you think you know everything. I wish I could, but I can't. Let me just make it easy for you. If you can't receive from me and my wife, it's a waste of time to stay here at City Church. And it's your time, a good time to move on. The problem is, wherever you go, there you are. And familiarity breeds contempt. And you'll go to the next place. And who are they to tell me what to do? Don't you know who I am? May I know your daddy. Ray, Wendy, I knew you way back when. Now you won't pull rank on me like you're my pastor. As much as I would love to help you, I can't. Because they were offended at Jesus. Just because he showed up in the synagogue and was teaching them. And their pride nullified the power of God that was available to them. So, 2017, 2018, this is where I close. Your legacy is not tied to what you lost, but what you have left. God is going to build a legacy in you, but it's not going to be tied to what you lost. It's going to be tied to what you do with what you have left. Let me tell you about what you have lost. When I was praying about this, this is what the Lord said. Two things. With what you have lost, there will always be people to love. Hardest lesson. Let me tell you, hardest lesson as a pastor. I once believed that people would always love me. Toughest lesson. Because the way I'm wired is to love people. And when the very thing you're accused of is the thing you love most, it can be a painful thing. But in the things that you lost, there will always be people for you to love. I'm talking about people you lost now, people who walked away from you, people who are offended at you and say, man, get out of here, Ray Harmon. You're just a carpenter, dude. There will be people to love. In the things that you lost, number two, there will be lessons to learn. So as you cross over, think about the things you've lost. Those are people that you need to love still. Love them well. And there are lessons to learn from the things you lost. Here's why. Because God will never waste your pain. With what you have left, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Because what God wants to do in each of our lives is to build a legacy so that we live beyond today. Don't exaggerate your circumstances. Embrace change, even when it's uncomfortable. Don't go back to Egypt just because you're eating manna. Don't go back because they got fish and cucumbers. Stick with the manna. Take personal responsibility and feed yourself like the ant. And number four, man, the scripture says God resists the proud. If it feels like doors are shut all around you, check yourself. It means that God keeps at length the proud. He keeps you at bay. But he gives grace to the humble. That word grace also means favor, divine ability, and power. And if you can't receive from me and Wendy, man, we love you, just can't help you. And you'll waste your time to stay here. So let's leave a legacy starting today. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you.